Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast with me, Daniel, and I'm joined as ever by... Brother Thomas Therese. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Yes, I'm not too bad at all. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. You know, just everything's sort of plodding on. I'm a little bit behind in essays, but no more behind than usual. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, not too bad. But you fortunately have the gift of being able to write an essay very quickly. So well okay. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe some of with your varying... professors would uh, would question the use of the word gift there <laughs> yeah with varying degrees of success maybe is is uh i mean i can i can write and write but i mean it doesn't mean that i've i've got uh adequate references and stuff and that i've probably <laughs> in this sort of topic. no most of the time actually i think i'm okay um i think i think a little bit of adrenaline you know they can help you to to write a really decent essay the longer i spend on an essay the lower my grades tend to be so yeah, it's probably I'd... best if I don't overthink things. So I, I had something, <laughs> something yesterday. I was writing something about something Thomas Aquinas had said. I can't remember exactly what it is now, but I, I blocked it. But I, I spent ages on it. I spent the whole day writing about 500 words. And then I asked someone to read it and they didn't understand a word of it. So I thought, okay, that's probably not a good thing. <laughs> they didn't mm. understand a word of it. So yeah, it depends well, on the subject, doesn't you it? Know, yeah, and in some areas of academia, if they can't understand it, they just, they must they, sometimes they just assume it must be really really good. Oh, and, oh my yeah. gosh, this is, you know some you're you're reading an academic work and you think this just doesn't make any sense, and everyone will rave about it. Yeah, but no one will really be sense. able to tell you what it means. You know, <laughs> it's so dense. I I think the sign of of a good scholarly sort of i mean not all good scholarly works i suppose are, are legible and understandable because not everybody's a teacher you can be really really clever and a terrible teacher yeah so ah, i don't know it's a bit stormy here by the way so i feel like i should apologize that you know if you can hear windows rattling um it's yeah i mean our building is um not the best design building in the world but all the windows are single glazed and i can hear them rattling yeah you said previously it was uh, built brick by brick <laughs> yeah it was yeah honestly. i was thinking I, aren't, aren't most buildings money. we had no money most buildings are built no, right <laughs> i mean i well what i mean was we were, we were paying like sort of brick by brick you know we got a little bit of money and we could afford 10 bricks and so we bought 10 bricks it's that sort of thing oh that's um, hilarious yeah so we apologize for any yeah. background noise it's it's very windy here now as well so it's, uh, it's picked up but probably not as much as the southwest that's i think they're getting the the brunt of this where you're storm. from yeah so my you'll have to keep in touch with your, your mum and see how they yeah. see how it's going down there oh there are yeah. power cuts already i think so i think uh, it's only just on, begun i think i saw on the news yeah so oh, we're gosh. recording this in the morning and uh yeah of friday so i think there are already some power cuts you're in there. the red warning as well i'm yeah. only in the amber warning what in london london's red warning or devon yeah london is in the red warning oh, okay. london and devon are in the red warning oh, interesting uh, you're only yeah. in amber or part of devon anyway south devon is 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 amber but north devon is is red yeah. mm. well anyway what are we doing today our episode our episode for the day is mercy so it's, it's it, not going to be weather in scripture <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would be interesting actually weather in scripture mm. yeah God doesn't speak in the thunderstorm and in, in the earthquake, earthquake, wind and fire, but in the still small voice of calm. <laughs> yeah. The Lord sends the sun to, to shine on the on the good and the and the bad alike. Uh, we could probably get an episode rain. from that. <laughs> we could probably get an episode out of most things, to be honest. But, but it's not today's episode. Not so today's what's today's episode? Is mercy. So this is obviously Lent is coming up very soon as we're recording this. It's about 10 days away. 
and Lent. There's a few themes that normally come up during Lent, but one in particular is mercy, showing mercy, uh, well, receiving mercy from God, but also showing mercy to others. Um, Jesus says, be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. So it's it's something that we, we're told to do by Jesus, and it's something that comes up again and again in Scripture and in the church's tradition. So I think it would be good to spend some time on that. Uh, I, I, it's not something really that we we spend too much time on in terms of academia. I can't remember ever doing an essay on, on mercy. Have, have you ever preached on mercy or done an essay on mercy? I have preached on mercy, certainly. Uh, I haven't had a, an essay sort of directly about mercy sort of explicitly, but it sort of impinges on everything you do as a Christian, doesn't it? And whenever you're talking about, you know, salvation or redemption, uh, you, you can't get past talking about mercy or scripture. Uh, and rightly so. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things, isn't it? You know, yeah, I, I, ha- I haven't done any essays specifically on on mercy a, a, as a virtue, but it's impinged and come into a lot of my other work. So, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of it pervades everything, isn't it? It's, it's the work of salvation it is pervaded through with mercy. Mercy is, is seen in every work of God. I think I think it's right to, to say that. That's something Thomas Aquinas says. So what are your older brothers? He says that you, in every work of God, there is an element of both mercy and justice. I mean, something we could talk about, mercy and justice go together really well. And uh, But yeah, in every work of God, uh, God acts mercifully. What is mercy? Maybe we should... Yeah, let's, let's spend some time on that. So what is mercy? There's a, there's a word used in Latin, misericordia, mm-hmm. uh, which is two words. It, one is sorrow and the other word is referring to the heart so sorrow sorrow of the heart so the merciful person is one who has a a sorrowful heart and is eager to dispense mercy to other people so when we say be merciful to, to other people we or to show mercy to another person is to is to come into their situation and to uh, dispense some form of love to share in their sorrow in order to alleviate it in, in in some sense we could say but in the old testament it, there's a word which is used obviously n- not the latin word but the hebrew word for mercy in the old testament is hesed and it's spelled h-e-s-e-d and it comes up again and again and again it's it's actually referred to in the old testament 250 times the word is used 250 times and it's used most in the Psalms, so 130 times in the Book of Psalms, um, and it's it's the well, just in terms of numbers, it's the fourth most common noun in the Psalms. So you have God, soul, and land, and then after that is Hesed, mercy. So it's something that's used a lot, and it, I know that Thomas Aquinas puts mercy and justice together. Um, I, th- I think you you have a a brilliant thought on that, and we'll come back to it in a minute. Hesed in the Old Testament is the bond of loyalty and affection that should exist between two covenant partners. So God enters into a covenant with with us, with humanity, uh, with different people in the Old Testament. And then there is this bond, this duty, this justice that God has to to the other person. Um, so it means really that when, when we see in the Old Testament, God is merciful god is hesed it means that he is steadfast in his love so he's unchanging in his love mm. he is always but faithful right god is always yeah. faithful even when we are unfaithful yeah and it and it speaks of that so when we when we hear the word 
mercy, when we see the word mercy in the Old Testament or hesed, uh, it was referring to hesed, we have this, this depiction. So, and it speaks of who God is. So God is merciful. So it's, of course, it's, it's an attribute of God, but it is more than that. God is merciful. And we see this actually in one of the Old Testament uh, readings. I don't know if you remember this one when, well, it's quite well known. When Moses, well, well, God tells Moses that he's going to proclaim his name. So he hides Moses in, in one of the rocks and he passes by in his glory and he proclaims his name. And it's actually a really long name. So the, the text is the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in mercy. So has said and truth, keeping mercy for a thousand generations, forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin. And in ancient Israel Israel culture, a name describes the essence of a person. So what God is telling Moses here is that his name, his, his essence is mercy. So he's one who is steadfast to the covenant. He's one who is faithful. Fidelity is part of who he is, even in his relationship between the person so father son holy spirit he's faithful uh, in in every one of those relationships so that's something then that that we can take um from that so god in his hesed in his personal commitment to us he will never fail us he's, he's never going to forsake us because of his faithfulness to us the most fundamental uh, and pinnacle of that expression of God's love and God's mercy, we see through the incarnation, we see through the passion, we see through the life and death of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, even though Israel uh, is is unfaithful to the various covenants which are uh, established, uh, like for example the Mosaic covenant, which comes with various uh, conditions and 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 laws attached to it, whilst Israel is is unfaithful to those things, God remains faithful. And the ultimate sign of God's fidelity you see in the person of Jesus Christ, whereby all the other co covenants uh, uh, are fulfilled. All the promises of God are fulfilled perfectly in Jesus Christ uh, and the establishment of the of the new covenant. Um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. Aquinas talks about mercy being the compassion that our hearts have for, for another person's misery. And it's a sort of compassion to do whatever we can to help another person in need. Um, so I, I, the, the, the word for compassion that we see in the Greek, um, uh, it means a sort of, I can't remember the word now, but it, it means sort of laying your insides bare. You're, you're, you're literally gutted for the person who you see who is in need. Your insides, your, your intestines are taken out of your stomach and laid bare for all to see. You're literally gutted for the other person. You, in other words, you feel your neighbor's pain as your own and you do what you can to meet their need. And we remember, of course, that love is in the doing. And we remember that uh, love uh, is something which uh, we are commanded to do. We are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so then when you put these, these two things together, you see then that mercy is an act of love that we are uh, commanded to for our neighbor, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, when you have mercy, when you have compassion, you feel their pain as your own. And so then you meet it. You love them as you love yourself. You know, so that interplay then between um, 
our neighbor and ourselves and God is all wrapped up uh, in in our understanding of mercy and in compassion. Yeah, it's something which, so just to say, so love and mercy is something which one of the Psalms puts together. So Psalm 136, it says, it starts with, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Uh, later on, it says to him which divided the Red Sea into parts for his love endures forever. So the mercy and, and love that, uh, so the mercy that God uh, shows to us is born of his love for us his relationship that he, he has with us and, and we're not just we're not just well wishers we're 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 well doers as well it's not simply that you sort of you see someone you think oh you know that's a shame oh isn't that so sad i really feel i really feel that they're you know their pain you really feel sorry for them you're also moved to act to show mercy to do something uh, uh, merciful, and there are, there are many different ways that we show mercy. In the Catholic tradition, of course, we talk about the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy, which include rebuking somebody who has sinned. But we remember that all of these things are ordered towards the good. So it's not simply um, punitive, it's something that is designed to restore and to make whole um, the 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 person who is there to bring about the conversion of heart uh, that is needed when when we rebuke a sinner. That's the the uh, the purpose of it. It's not just rebuking it for rebuking someone for the sake of rebuking them. It's rebuking them so that they can turn and be together with the Lord. It's for their good. It's not just punishment for the for for the sake of punishment. It's ordered towards a a particular. Good, yeah. And that would be the case for all of them, with all the corporal works and mercies and all the spiritual works and mercies. It's, it's for their good, isn't it? And, Absolutely. And it's for and restoring a relationship yes. yeah. with God and, and with us. So as we as we show these works of mercies, uh, the corporal works of mercies, spiritual works of mercy, it's to restore a relationship between that person and God and between them and us as well. Mm. Mm. I, I think also when we, when we think about mercy, sometimes we can have a bit of an erroneous view in that we think of it just as something that um is is purely super generous right but i i think there is a sense in which we have an obligation to love and an obligation to mercy you owe it to people to love them because of who they are and their and and their their uh being made in the image and likeness of God, John Paul II used to say that the only acceptable way to treat a human to treat another human being is lovingly because of the inherent dignity that that person has. And of course, you see that inherent dignity reflected in the commands to love that Jesus places uh, upon us in Scripture. And we remember, of course, don't we, that in in Scripture uh, we're told that um, the way that we uh, treat others will be the way that we are supposed to be treated you know blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful in the letter of james i think it says for judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy um uh, but mercy uh, triumphs over judgments and again in the gospels i desire mercy uh not not sacrifice which i think is a, a quote from the from the old testament so again you have these repeated calls by the lord to mercy and you look, look, look at, you know, Matthew 25. I know I always go back to that. I was about to say, yeah. No, I was about to say Matthew 25. I'll let like, you say it then. <laughs> I was just thinking, where where do we get 
a lot of those corporal works of mercy. So, so the, just to go through them, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, shelter the homeless, visit the sick, visit prisoners, bury the dead, give alms to the poor. So these seven works of mercy, a lot of them come from Matthew 25. So this is where Jesus says that the Son of Man is going to come in glory and he's going to judge the nations. And how is he going to judge them? According to how merciful uh, they were, these works of mercy towards other people which ultimately are to him so because jesus identifies him himself very much with the body with the the body of believers with the, with the body of humanity so though where we are merciful to other people we're merciful to him and this is what we're going to be judged on it's clear there in mm. matthew 25 I, I think mercy as well i think aquinas is quite clear mercy is the, our, our, our greatest virtue that we can show towards our neighbor and he also says that nothing likens us so much to god as forgiving one who has offended us uh, so yeah, there is a great emphasis in scripture and in the tradition on the importance of, of, of showing mercy um you know I, I, just to to go back to something that you said before about justice and mercy uh, and the idea of divine simplicity in thomas aquinas so divine simplicity would have it that actually justice and mercy in God are one. They're, they're, they're not only perfect in God, because God obviously is perfect, um, but they're also one. And so then we see that justice and mer mercy, when perfectly understood, are not opposed. They're not opposed at all, but um, they are one yeah they're one in god I just, my mind just went blank in the middle of in the middle of what i was saying it happens to us all um yeah but also if we want to if we want to know what justice and mercy look like perfectly and since we are commanded to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect we must look to god to see what mercy is because very often we'll think of something like giving um you know shelter to the homeless or giving giving food or, 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 you know, the, the basic necessities of life to people who are on the streets, we might sort of think, oh, you know, we're showing them out of our abundance that we have, we're giving them something. And, you know, I don't have to do it. But it's, you know, it, it's a nice and profitable and good thing to do. But actually, it's, you know, it's not something that that I'll be held accountable for if I withhold this this good from somebody. But actually, that's not the way that scripture sees it at all. Aquinas actually makes the point that if somebody takes from you what they need to live, they're actually performing um, a just act. He, he doesn't see that as stealing because actually it's an act of justice to give to somebody what they need to live on. And actually it's wrong to withhold from somebody something that they need to live on. And this is taken up and taken to its logical conclusion by uh, people like Pope Leo XIII, for example, in Rerum Novarum, where he says, when your needs and your station have been met, everything else that you own rightfully belongs to the poor. But we see then that, that this, is, this is understood in the, in the sort of uh, realm of justice, but giving to somebody to help them in their need out of our compassion because we can see another person's misery is also an act of mercy so you can do something that is entirely just and an act of justice which is also a merciful act and this is what we see in god the coming together justice and mercy embrace in god and the mercy that god shows is uh, uh, preeminently just in the in the forgiving of sinners it is something wholly gratuitous 
but it, it is also something which is just yeah yeah i mean maybe I, maybe i'll just leave it at that because the idea of grace and justice and things are the very sort of complicated concepts that probably need a little bit more more time to uh, sort of flesh out to than unpack. what we've got left in the episode yeah. But yeah, I I think that's important to remember. We spoke about mercy in the Old Testament. We sort of touched on it in the in the New Testament with what Jesus says. But uh, there's something very interesting that Pope Francis says. He's, he says Jesus Christ is the face of the Father's mercy. So when we want to consider what does mercy look like, we should contemplate really the life of of Christ, Jesus Absolutely. himself. He is the face of the Father's mercy, as Pope Francis says there. Uh, he, say, he says uh, another time, at times we are called to gaze even more attentively on mercy so that we may become a more effective sign of the Father's action in our lives. So how do we become more merciful? Well, by spending time gazing on, on Jesus, by allowing God's mercy to enter into our hearts so that it can flow out of us. We had an episode last week on Our Lady of Lords, didn't we? And, you know, one of the things that always amazes me about Lords is how you can go there and you don't realize really how hard-hearted you are until you start serving your brothers and sisters, until you start serving those people who don't really have a way of, of, of repaying you as far as you're concerned. But actually they do repay you without you know even trying. In serving people who are, who are most in, in need, you know, uh, helping people in wheelchairs, you know, you'll help uh, feed people. Uh, or, or wash people sometimes if you're working in the hospital and things. When you perform those acts, which are merciful acts and also acts of justice, when you perform those acts, you are converted and made more merciful and more just and your heart is enlarged. Your heart grows and expands in performing those acts. It's not a, a, a sort of platonic sort of ideal of mercy and justice that we simply sort of contemplate on and thereby we grow. Yes, we do grow in in, in that way, but we also grow and, I, and perhaps actually even quicker and in a more deep and profound way by actually doing those acts, by doing those acts, our hearts grow and you learn about mercy uh, and justice uh, up close in those concrete uh, yeah, in those concrete expressions of, of, of mercy. And as that's what we see in Lords uh, when we're there. It's one of the reasons why we're probably both so so fond of it, because uh, we've been converted by those things. I, th I think I think actually that it speaks to a very deep point about mercy is that it, it is reciprocal. So one of the things in the Beatitudes, there's Matthew 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain, mer obtain mercy. And it's the only Beatitude where the the fruit of of, of this happiness if you like this the fruit also corresponds in 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 the action so blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy and i, I think that speaks to a very important truth that you see at lords so in eagerness to serve others you also receive mercy as as well yeah you become more receptive you do you become more, and you're quite right i mean you hit on something absolutely crucial and fundamental there in when when you're serving uh, somebody else, you know, you're pushing your wheelchair, you're, help, you're feeding them, whatever it is, you can very often be focusing on what you're doing for somebody else. But actually, the fact that they have allowed you to serve them is, I think, also an act of profound mercy because they are giving you an opportunity whereby you can participate in your, in your uh, salvation, where you can grow 
as a human being and where you can um, be introduced to a, a, a to a, a greater flourishing yourself as a human being allowing you to grow in mercy allowing you to grow in justice allowing you to grow to grow closer to the lord and allowing your heart to be expanded so they are also in allowing you to serve them showing you an act of mercy because they don't have to you know i mean some people some people obviously do have such profound needs whereby they they rely on somebody else to help them and it's a uh, but it's still nevertheless a great act of humility to allow somebody else, a stranger, to serve you and to help you. And it, it enables you to grow as a human being. So they do perform an act of mercy towards you too in allowing you to, to serve them and to participate in your salvation and in the, in, in the, in the love and mercy of God in that way. Yeah, I, th I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, Lords has always reminded me, and whenever I've been there, you experience the, I suppose, opportunity to be able to serve others, to be able to love others, to be merciful to them. That's always taught me something of God's unconditional love for for me, which is a remarkable thing. You know, it becomes very concrete. If I, as a as a fallen human being, am able to love this other person just by I don't know, something very simple, pushing the wheelchair, their wheelchair, or helping them into the baths where, the, where they can wash. By doing something very simple like that, if I'm able to love like that, then how much more can God and his unconditional love love me? Like, it's it's not dependent on anything I I mm. do. Uh, it's not, um, it's yeah, it's not dependent on anything that I can do. I mean, what a wonderful example, really, so that we, we can learn from that and that we can become more merciful and loving to to other people you know it's, sometimes it's a, a struggle for whatever reason to actually be merciful to others maybe some some pain that we we've experienced it can be hard to forgive others it is is there any advice that you would give for those who you know maybe sometimes live in mercy is particularly difficult or painful any advice that you would give there to help in those sorts of situations mercy mercy can be something which can be uh, painful. It might be something that we don't always want to show to somebody else. I'd recommend going to an earlier episode that we did on forgiveness, and I think that there are some tips in there that I that I think will will be helpful. Yes, I, I think that's probably my my recommendation. Yeah, I think I can't remember what episode it is. We we have an episode on that. I think as well, grief. You know, sometimes grief uh, can stop us from from being merciful or move moving on um healthily mm. from a situation um moving so, forward yeah. yeah moving forward and we also have an episode on that um called good grief so if people can can seek that out um i have a quote here i can't remember where it comes from but it says uh in order so it's in order to be merciful to others having received mercy let us now become merciful i think i think it might be pope francis but i i think the there's a truth there in that that in receiving God's mercy, then we are able to be merciful to others. We're able to uh, forgive others as we have been forgiven by by God, as as Jesus teaches us in the Our Father. Mm -hmm. You also see, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think he's he's quoting there Ephesians four thirty two: "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you." And this is one of the things to remember as well that mercy is a gift that you can freely bestow on somebody else um, it doesn't mean that we don't have an obligation uh, to show mercy um, just just because it's a 
a gift i don't think yeah and also the just to say so there are many different ways that you can show mercy you know the church has talks about as we said earlier the the spiritual works of mercy and the corporal works of mercy i didn't realize this but that you know they're more it's more than just forgiveness i didn't realize this until till recently those gifts of mercy well you get this from uh, matthew 25 don't you yeah and that, but those gifts are more than just forgiveness so i think previously when i've been thinking about mer- mercy showing mercy to others I often think it's actually uh, forgiving someone for something they've done but the spiritual works of mercy just go through them are more broad and, um, and more brutal, beautiful than that it's admonish the sinners as, as you mentioned uh, earlier instruct the uninformed counsel the doubtful comfort the sorrowful be patient with those in error forgive offenses and pray for the living and the dead so they're the spiritual works of mercy and then the corporal ones that we mentioned earlier feed the hungry give drink to the thirsty shelter the homeless visit the sick visit prisoners bury the dead give alms to the poor and as jesus says in matthew 25 uh, well he he equates mercy shown to these to the least of these people to the least of of these is mercy shown to christ himself so the people most in need basically the people who need these things most gosh i i this is something that i often think about when i think about prisoners for example i i know I've, i had a reflection recently about blessed uh, jean-joseph letast maybe we can have an episode just on just on him um as as yeah, a, I think that'd be good. as a an agent of of god's mercy in the world can you imagine what the world would be like if we managed to mm. perfect living and and embodying those corporal and spiritual works of mercy well i think i think there are, it, it's a great practice to to do during lent is to go through and reflect on these i think actually that's something i'm going to do <laughs> i think i'm going to pr- i think i think i'll write them out and stick them to my computer i need to grow grow in this way yeah it's it's so worthwhile doing because it reminds of reminds us of how merciful god has been to us um at, in the text you often refer to romans so but in romans 5 uh, it says god precedes us precedes us in forgiving us because he forgives us first uh, and i think with mercy it's the same god has shown mercy to us in a whole array of different ways and we can be merciful to others because we receive that mercy from god yeah i mean one of the things actually to remember about romans is going back to a point that you made earlier is that actually it's about the fidelity of god even when we are unfaithful right so i mean the 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 part of romans that i always quote is romans 2 where i mean at the end of romans 1 you have all these sins listed and um you know um very often people will sort of stop there because it seems you know very harsh uh, and then you get to to romans 2 and they say you know and do you think you're any better do you presume mercy for yourself but you don't presume mercy for other people even though you're actually just as much of a sinner as they are mm um so that's that's something to to remember and then after humbling people and sort of saying look we're all sinners and we're all on that that sort of uh level playing field we shouldn't presume mercy for ourselves um and and not for others um he then goes on to say you know even in spite of our infidelity the lord is always faithful and he shows how that's the case through israel's history and most fundamentally in the fulfillment of those covenants in jesus christ uh, so especially the, the 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 first the first substantial part of of romans um i would say is really a a good way to read that is a reflection 
on the fidelity of God and our participation in that fidelity of the Lord. Yeah. Or, or how, how mm. we, how that fidelity of God is shown to us. Wonderful. All right. So we'll wrap up our episode there. That's, uh, I think, a very beneficial episode, <laughs> certainly for me to reflect on and prepare for. Uh, so we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, if you found this one helpful uh, in any way, uh, if you think it'd be helpful for other people, please do share it. Uh, but please do like and subscribe to, to the podcast. It helps us out. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Are we able to announce what we're doing next week? Uh, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> we're supposed to be having a few guests coming up on the podcast, which we'll be quite excited about. Oh, gosh, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if we're ready to to say to bind us to that <laughs> just in case just in case okay but we have some exciting episodes coming up <laughs> put it like that anyway thank you brother thomas have a good week yeah you too god bless